what it is what it do uh, we got a super bowl coming up soon uh, but we got a lot to talk about that has nothing to do with those two teams uh, we're gonna talk about some washington commanders news and notes believe it or not there are two seasons in the nfl the actual playing season and the off season the two most entertaining bits of sports all year round you know it let's get to it let's go Good evening, everyone. It is February, February 2nd, Thursday evening. Welcome to our live stream of the week. That was your boy Phil in the intro. I'm Steve. Dev is not with us today. He is recuperating. He's recuperating. Um, and I will tell you people now, I did not even bother to look to see if I had a shadow this morning. <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil. Was that today? <laughs> it's Groundhog Day, dude. Oh, I didn't even know that. It was Groundhog Day. So did Apparently, he see his shadow or he didn't not? See his shadow or what, whatever says that there's uh, no. He didn't see his shadow. Whatever it was that says there's supposed to be an early spring, I believe, is what happened today. So no, I, I want more winter. winter. I hope that's right. I want more winter. You You're are right. a sick, sick human being. <laughs> I love snow. I'm a snow guy. We have, we got a light dusting. Uh, yesterday that lasted yeah. for just a few hours. That's about it. But uh, you know, what, what that's all I need. I, I, oh, I, oh, I saw, I saw snow. Cool. Now bring on seventy degrees. Now, at least yeah. minimum. Bring I was it, so happy. I walked out of work tonight. It was six p.m. and it wasn't pitch black. You know how excited I was. Yeah, those was are like, those are nice. I'm with you. You know, it's not as depressing when you leave work five six p.m. and there's there's actually light these days. It's actually been happening for a couple of weeks now. Now that I've noticed. Yeah, if you leave early enough, like when I leave at four thirty, it's like that. But man, it's, it's still like it was still like six, seven o'clock when I leave on those nights because I do a six o'clock night and a seven o'clock night. I step outside, I'm like, God, it's yeah, dark. It is nice. Yeah. Well, those in the chat here early, we got Yam. Morning, fellas. We appreciate you. We also got our boy. Terrence, Mean Green, Eagles fans, and Rip Bobby Bathard. Yes, Rip Bobby Bathard. That's going to be our main thing today. Yam says, I'll be in class unless that happens, but wanted to drop a line. Thank you. We really appreciate that. For you tuning in, bro, much appreciated. As always, Marcus Edlin, check out his group called Sports View 2. The hardest working man on Facebook. Yes, he is. He is a a content share, a, a... story producer he is out there just putting out information to the people so we'd be lost without you marcus really appreciate that let's get into the one of the first topics before we go any further this wasn't an originally planned topic till yesterday but the passing of bobby bethard one of the all-time redskin greats so if you know bobby bethard not everyone knows who he is he, he was he has a loved, a, a beloved history with us, uh, took us through a lot of good times. You know, he was 86 years old. He is a Hall of Fame GM. Um, he played college with John Madden. So that just goes to, to show you 
the age of what Bobby Bathar did. And, and Phil, I'll let you talk a little bit more what he's done, but just some, some quick highlights of, of some of the things that he's done. You know, he drafted the 1981 draft. I don't know if you know about the 1981 draft, but I'm going to read it to you. First round, Mark May. Third round, Russ Grimm. Fifth round, Dexter Manley. Eighth round, Charlie Brown. Ninth round, Daryl Grant. Twelfth round, Clint Didier, tight end. And Joe Jacoby as an undrafted free agent. I mean, here, here it is on the screen right there, but I mean, come on. I mean. That's just nasty. That's all starters. All starters. That is seven starters out of the draft. People, you want people want to talk about uh, GMs nowadays. You know, certain guys are just masterful GMs. Though. You got to realize that Bobby Bethard lived. He lived to be a general manager, it, and it, that sounds like oh well, any successful guy you know in, in his field would live for it. No, 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 no. If you ever go back. And listen to him talk about the 1987 strike season when they had to bring in the replacement players. There's a certain giddiness in his voice about the whole idea that they had to put together a team from scratch in two weeks. Two weeks. And he got really excited because that's like, you know, a nightmare for most general managers. For him, it was like, oh, this is exciting. That's the kind that's that's a that's a different mentality. And his 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 biggest ability was late round drafting. I remember years ago they did like an all um all-time team made up of draft picks from the ninth round on. And there was an astonishing number of guys who were or had been, or, or were with the Washington Redskins at the time that he had drafted, or that were drafted by him while he was with the Redskins, and then they moved on to other teams. This includes, you know, your Clint Didier. This includes your Daryl Grants. This includes Mark Schlereth. This includes Raleigh McKenzie. Um, he, they knew he knew how to get those late round guys that turned out to be stars, and then. Um, at the same time, um, like he has a, just such an insane career. So as a player, this and this is going to come in, in, into uh, key later. I've got my notes here. He was a defensive back on the practice squad for the Washington Redskins in 1959. And then he was also on the practice squad for the San Diego Chargers in 1961. However... He was never going to be a pro player. He didn't have that in him. So he went and became a scout with the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was in 63, and he came back in 1966. He went to the Super Bowl. He was there until 67. Now, let's also keep in mind, in 1969, they won the Super Bowl. He was with the Falcons for a few years. Then he went to the Miami Dolphins as director of player personnel from 72 to 77. His first two seasons there. They go 26-2 and two and win two Super Bowls, including the undefeated season we all know about. Then he becomes general manager of the Washington Redskins from 1978 to 1988. Two Super Bowls. Two appearances and two 
Super Bowl championships, as well as four NFC East titles. Um, it, it was a dynasty. Bethard, Bethard, I never knew how to pronounce his name properly, by the way. I've always heard, I've heard it both ways. Bethard. Is it Bethard? Because I've heard it. You could look at it and say, beat heart. <laughs> Pause. No, I've heard it as Bethard. Mostly from CJ Bethard. Okay, well, CJ's his grandson, he would know. Um, so Bobby Bethard, his legacy is the, the that decade with Washington. Him and Joe Gibbs were meant to coexist. And, and Gibbs liked to have a lot of influence, but the two of them, you know, despite the fact that they both are guys who like to pick their pick their own guys, um, they saw eye to eye so much, so frequently on who to get, who's this, who are we gonna get here, who are we gonna get this pick. That uh, and, and and we were very, you know, we were a team of two things: low round draft picks, a lot of low round draft picks, um, with a few stars in the first round, and a lot of cast offs from other teams. That at eighty two. World Championship team has a lot of guys who had been journeymen throughout the league, and they came over here and they became great. You know, yeah. and, they, and and you can't say enough. But then he retires after that. There's a little broadcasting. Then he goes to the San Diego Chargers in 1990. In 1992, the Chargers win their first division title in God knows how long. In 1994, they go to the Super Bowl. Everywhere this man goes, he turned teams into winners. He turned winners into champions. You can't say enough about guys like that. Um, he did trade for Ryan Leaf, so well, we'll give him a little ding on that one. That was also what his next to last year with the team. I mean, come on, yeah. I mean, he was getting up there in age. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care you know, anymore. I mean, if, you, if you look, I mean, even guys. It's funny because the two teams he had all his success with as general manager were the two teams he was on their practice squad with. But, I mean, you know, look at the guys who came in under him. I mean, if you want to look at lower round draft picks, quarterbacks like Mark Rippon, Stan Humphreys, both who have played in Super Bowls. Hell, Rippon won a Super Bowl, right? He got Monk and Green, too. He got Monk. He got Green. If you want to look at first round picks. But he didn't pick a lot in the first round either. You'll notice that. There's not a lot of first round picks in his tenure. He liked trading back and accumulating picks. And those, I'm telling you, those late round deals, like you look at some of the stuff they did from like the third, fourth, fifth round on. This is back when they had 12 rounds in the draft, people. Um, you had to do a lot of talent evaluation, but it was a lot easier to miss than hit because of that. But the man had an eye for talent in ways you just, it's rare air, dude. I can't say enough about this man and what he meant to the last dynasty this franchise has had. Yeah. Marcus said Bobby Bethard was Ozzy Newsom before Ozzy Newsom in recognizing talent. That's a that's a good modern day comparison because Ozzy yeah. Newsom's great general manager. Yeah. Ozzy though, Ozzy though, he's a lot more focused on the higher round stuff. Like he knew he knows how to engineer guys in the first half of the draft. Whereas Bethard's biggest Wins came in the, in the second half of the draft. Greg Delady from Facebook says Ryan Leaf had great upside, immaturity issues, plus the team gave him the keys before putting in the work. That's true. Funny story, funny fact. We were this close to having Ryan Leaf on this show. This 
close. This close. Yeah. This close. I that would have been was, fun. Was it 2020? I think it was 2020. Maybe, maybe it was 2020. It was right before the 2020 season. There we go. Yeah, he had agreed in part to come on the show, um, but he never did. But he at least gave us the, the nicety of saying, sorry, I, I wouldn't be able to make it. Right. Unlike uh, Junior Gallette. Yeah. Who just it, it stopped answering my texts one day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's CTE, man. G- Junior's still still working on that CTE, man. I, I, I think knows? Junior got a picture of me and went, wait a minute, not enough melanin. Sorry. Who's this dude? <laughs> Who is this dude? <laughs> well, let's get into the Cam Curl contract talks. It's been the talk of the week. We were on George's show, Command the Mic. Go check out his YouTube if you haven't already done so on, what day was that? Tuesday? Tuesday. No, Monday. Tuesday. That I don't know. They all blend together. No, it was Monday. It was, it no, was, it was Monday. Tuesday. I don't it know. It was Tuesday. <laughs> Go check out Command the Mic. Anyways, we were talking a lot of Cam Curl because it's been the talk of the town, right? The different numbers out there. You know, his father, uh, Coach Greg Curl, um, he's like a very awesome guy. He basically said his son should be due, you know, up, up in the, in the 80 range, you know, that that's kind of what he was pitching. Um, so let's, let's talk about the numbers here. So just going over the, the, the most, these are, this is the overall um, total value of contracts for safeties in the NFL, starting with Derwin James at the top. Now you got to take into a fact into account the fact that the cap's going to go up next year. I want to say 16 point, something million uh, up to 224. So if we cut Carson Wentz, maybe a few others, Logan Thomas, we'll be sitting pretty, we'll probably have, you know, anywhere around, you know, 30 to $40 million to spare. But the question is, do you cut Cam? I'm sorry. Do you pay Cameron curl? He's already, he has one more year in his deal making about 3 million. So does Montez sweat, right? So the question to everyone who's watching this, and in, and I'll go back to you, Phil, is do we fork out top 10 safety money for Cam Curl? That's a question you legitimately have to ask yourself because will it be at the cost of a Montez Sweat or be at the cost of a Deron Payne? Uh, not, not coming up on Chase yet, but we're risking not signing or hurting signing those other people by signing Cam Cross, such a high level deal, 80 million. That's more than Derwin James. That would be the highest total value of a safety in the NFL. So I don't know, Phil, what do you, what do you think about Cam Curl getting 80 plus, which is more than Minka, Harrison Smith, Derwin James on this team. And what does he mean to this team? So the big question is how many years does he want? If he wants a, if he wants like seven years, cool. I'm I'm perfectly down with that. Seven years. That's quarterback contract money right there. You know, I'll keep him for seven years at 80 million. I mean, basically we'll get all of his prime and yeah, seven at 80 is great. That's a great number. Seven at 80 is great. Six at 80, I could deal with five at 80. Now you're getting it up in there into Harrison Smith range. Six at eight, six or seven years, sure. Because only about half that's going to be guaranteed, right? Yeah. And uh, a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of what we should do is dependent upon do they really want 80 or is, you know, RG2 up there, Greg Curl, 
is <laughs> nah, nah, he's not, he ain't that, he ain't in the locker room, not yet. But, um, are they being serious or are they just doing that thing of we're gonna shoot as high as possible and try to meet in the middle somewhere? That's probably it. And like we, we said this on Georgia, so if you can't cap for your son, who can you cap for? So he, he's doing, you know, he's doing. The father thing, which, which is okay, I, I understand it. Uh, I, hope, I hope that's all it is. I mean, I haven't heard, I haven't heard of him meddling the way other fathers have meddled in their sons' careers. You know, not I haven't seen like an, uh, a, a Bobby Two Sticks uh, type mentality out of him. I haven't seen a uh, you know Papa Marinovich going on. I haven't seen any of that. So that's all right. Yeah, thus but far. so far, so far, but. Would I put him in that top 10, 15? Sure. You know, look at average per year and everything else. I mean, I understand. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a couple of years, his contract, 80 million will probably be peanuts. But I don't know. 80 million. Greg, Greg Delaney you know. says no. Well, I think Greg's a, a, a reasonable enough person to, to believe that, you know, if he goes six, seven years at 80 million, sure. Right. But I'm Deuce not going to join us. A boy, Deuce Red Zone in the Lab. Make sure you go check out his YouTube, Red Zone in the Lab. First of all, also good, good commanders content. Make sure you're in those Twitter spaces. They are all in them joints. Go check out our boy, Deuce. But, Jason Horn yeah. from Facebook says CBS Sports list commanders defensive tackle Deron Payne as a free agent. The Steelers should sign. I mean, I mean, if he's he's free agent, he's not a free agent yet, right? But if he becomes one, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of teams are going to try to sign him. Sure, and I really think that sure, but he ain't a free agent. And if we franchise him, you got to look at right now: curl, pain, sweat. One of these three's got to go. One of them do now. People immediately would look at curl because he's the lower round draft pick. He's not. Uh, the first round draft pick, but can you, and I said this on George's show, you got to look at, do you have next man up on your roster that can ably fill the void left? Not necessarily to the same level, but can you capably fill that void with somebody on the team? Now behind pain is Ridgeway and uh, Phil Mathis. Obama. Behind Too, Curl right? is Jeremy Reeves. Don't say Derek Forrest. Derek Forrest plays deep safety. Yeah. So a lot of it depends upon, you know, which way you do that. Now, personally, I'm almost leaning. I'm very in the middle on this right now. I, I, I could go, I can, I could be swayed either way, but right now the slight lean is you can let Payne go and just rotate Mathis and, and Ridgeway in there. You'll have a fresh body. And you can just rotate those two and then occasionally rotate out Allen so you can get a breather. You still have John Allen. You've got him locked in. But, uh, yeah, I just I don't see Cam Curl be- making $80 million a year on a four- or five-year contract. That's 16 to $20 million a year. That's just not where he is. But, like, 12? Yeah. 14, 12 to 14 a year? I could, I could be talked into that for Cam Curl just because of the fact that he – brings a lot of versatility in the box. 
and in the short coverage game. Now, if you have your eyes on a linebacker in the draft, a true Mike, his value does lessen a little bit because you don't have that pressing need for him to fill the void of what we were missing last year, which was a third linebacker. Right. Greg says anything above six years at 80, but I'm not excited about paying him top five money, top 10, 15. That's where I'm at. I think I said top 12 uh, on George's show. Marcus says I would resign curl with the low cap number next year so we can spread the money out. Dev with us in spirit and in the YouTube chat says, I agree 12. So, so we're talking about cam curl and we've kind of dovetailed into, into Deron Payne. But the next thing I want to show or bring up is the fact that they've released the latest franchise tag numbers for this year. Why is that important? Because if we're going to franchise Deron Payne, these are the numbers at which they're going to be at. So look at that right there. Franchise tag for Deron Payne, 18.9 million smackaroos. 18.9 million dollars. The I want to know the people online who said we should franchise Taylor Heineke see that number. 32.4 big ones. You ain't breaking a piggy bank on that one. <laughs> but Deron Payne's going to go That's from right. making, what is it? A, I don't know. Don't, Montez is making 11 next year. I forget Deron Payne's number this past year. But if we franchise him, he's going to jump up to 18.9 million. And if I was him, I would franchise tag it too because, you know, it, it's the top, was it top? Five five salaries at the position in the league at the current moment. So yeah, all good. All good. Dev says, sorry, gang to a blood infusion and two teeth cut. See y'all next week. Today's show is great. Yes. We gave you a shout out earlier, Dev. Appreciate you. Marcus said, plus the team can get a veteran defensive tackle on a one-year contract. Yep. Terrence back in the house. We appreciate you, Terrence. Uh, we're just talking Contract franchise numbers and specifically for Deron Payne. And, and I don't know if you could work out a long term deal with you know what? We're a year away from franchising Cam Curl, so it doesn't matter. We ain't franchising that's that's next year's topic. So it's either he plays on a three three million dollar salary this year or he's gonna hold out. I don't know if he's the holdout type for a three million dollar deal. I know players don't like to play on a on a one year deal because it's a gamble with their health which is completely understandable, but I don't, I haven't heard them talking about contract negotiations and, and maybe that's because the new league year doesn't start till March 15th. That's a lot of it, but you got to Yeah. So we'll see what happens. You got to get something figured out before the draft. That's all I'm saying. You gotta, this is, this is where you got better have some people with some smart ability with numbers. Kicks in. <laughs> Dev said, I'd pull a rod if we tag Taylor. Bro. So would I. Bro. <laughs> 32.4. This might become this this might become, you know, Titan this or Viking this or Chief this. Yeah. Terrence makes a good point. Says no one should have to play on a prove it deal if you're already proven. That's true. And I think Cam Curl means a lot to this team. And and we talked about this on other shows. Would he be as effective on other teams, or is it the scheme that Jack Rio runs to make Cam Curl so effective uh, for us? A lot of the scheme plays to his strengths. Because think about when he was out. We looked like dog shit for a lot of lot of the time. He would play well on some uh, – um, I think the Chiefs have a defense that he would be good on. I can think of a couple teams where they have – 
because Chiefs had a dude, Sorensen, right, who was a, kind of that hybrid position. He would do well there. Um, I'm sure the, the Ravens will find a way to use him. There's a couple teams out there that play some that, that love to do, you know, stuff like that with safeties, love the hybrid stuff, and he would play well. But there's not a lot of teams out there. He's not he's not a traditional strong safety. He is definitely more of an in-the-box safety linebacker hybrid. Um he's a he's a he's a hero back. Hero back. And uh, you know, Buffalo nickel, whatever you want to call it, big nickel. He's that. And it's kind of a very specific position. So it does limit his ability to command numbers of more versatile safeties. Plus, some of those safeties on that list are free are free safeties and pro bowlers. Right. Yeah. They're not necessarily big hitting box safety. I mean, Duran James can kind of do it all. He's just versatile. But that's no, why he's Minka, the highest paid safety in the league. It's ranging back there. Yeah. Greg says, if Washington decides to move on from Payne, does that push them to lock Sweat up in an extension? We talked about this the other day, too. I mean, Montez is going on his fifth-year extension as well, right? So someone has to go. John's already locked in. We said, I said the other day, if despite what happens with Payne, whatever, if you go into this year and Sweat is just the second coming of Lawrence Taylor and chases nothing – that might make your decision up for you right there. Cause you can't pay off four of those cats first round top tier money. It is, it is impossible. Um, Terrence says, we're definitely going to have this problem after the Super Bowl. Yep. We talked about this last week on our show. The Eagles are going to have 20 unrestricted free agents next, next year. And I think Terrence said either 11 or 12 of them are, are actual contributors. So they're going to have a, a big turnover. Uh, they'll probably resign some of them, but, who knows when people, you know, when teams go big in the Super Bowl, it, it kind of gets stripped out. Uh, Marcus said, I posted in the group an article from uh, uh, Rigo's Rag where the team can franchise Deron Payne since Kyle Smith is a GM in Atlanta and work a trade with the Falcons. Sign and trade. But I think you the player has to tag, agree to that. He has to approve that. You cannot tag a player with the intent to trade. Right. You can trade them, yeah. but you can't do it with the intent to trade. Dev says there's no such position as a hero back. He's a monster back, Phil. A monster back. Deuce says 10 to 12 for cor- for curl, 22.5 for pain. We must get the pain done prior to Williams and Dexter, maybe even Jones. So 22.5 for pain. You really want to make him the highest paid defensive tackle in the league over Aaron Donald? Would it be, though? I'd have to look it up. Aaron Donald's a 20, I believe. There's a couple guys hovering in that 18, 19 range, too. That's where I'd put them. I, I, I mean, if you can save yourself $4 million by going, you know, 18-5 instead of, you know, 22-5, I mean, that's $4 million you can use to sign someone else. Yeah. So tackle uh, for defensive tackles. There you go. There, uh, Aaron Donald, 31. <laughs> that's okay, your average. I take back what I said. I was thinking of DeForest Buckner and all those guys who are you know, 21. 21, 20, 18, 17. So remember, you don't have to be the best your position. It just has, it just has to be your turn. So Yeah, maybe... but you also have to – it has to be your turn, and you have to be out uh, performing at a level equal to the guy at the top if you want the guy at the top's money. It's the outperforming he... Jonathan Allen if you're starting at 18. Well, with the market going up, that number is probably worth 20. So is he out? I'd say 19, Chris Jones. I can do 19. Like 22.5 is a little high for me. 
22.5. If I'm Deron Payne, that's what I'm trying to get. 22.5. Yeah. But I would settle around 19 or so. Yeah. Terrence says, I'm hoping that Jalen pulls a Tom Brady move and allows the team to bring back several role players. I say this because Jalen's looking at 40 million. I hope they give him 50 million and y'all don't get anybody. Love you, man. <laughs> no, I, I would I, I would never, I don't knock anyone who wants to get paid a billion dollars. But you know what? Go get your money. And if you want to take a discount, take a discount. But I'll never knock you for trying to get as much money as possible at the expense of not signing your teammates. Because you know why? The NFL don't care about you. Your team don't care about you. You only have this short life to make that money. So so go get it, Jalen. Go get it. At their expense. That's right. <laughs> Usually you say taxpayer dollars, but we, taxpayers, are not, we're not paying for that. So maybe no, the, the revenue deals, maybe we are paying for a little bit of that money. So I don't know. Well, let's let's talk about the next thing here. We talked franchise tag numbers, and the the latest thing to come out was the junkies, the sports junkies, one oh six seven. The fan tweeted something the other day about Ron Rivera is playing golf at Pebble Beach, and the Senior Bowl is going on, and there's no offensive coordinator there. We had scouts there. I think Martin uh, Marty Herney was there. The coaches are out. The scouts are out. If you've been in the military, scouts out. The scouts are out. They're out and about. So who cares? Who cares? And then what was what was later revealed, Phil? That we found out. I I don't even know. Twelve hours later, what did we find out about Ron? What was he doing out there playing golf? What what happened afterwards? He was out there. He was he did a Zoom interview with Lynn, with uh, Lynn. No, he drove in person. Oh, no, that's right. He did. That's right. He drove in person. That's right. I forgot. In person. I heard something about a Zoom interview, too. So I didn't know if that was with him or what. Yeah. So he drove in person to go see Anthony Lynn. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? So as much as much as people were complaining that Ron Rivera should have, we should have already had. Okay. Yes. It would have been nice to have an offensive coordinator there to scout the senior ball, blah, blah, blah. He's doing work. Let the man live. Okay. He played around the golf at Pebble Beach, but then he interviewed former San Diego. Well, yeah, they were San Diego at the time, Chargers head coach. And now 49ers, I think he's the running backs coach. All I got to say is aren't the junkies determined to turn their show into four hours of golf talk? They should be encouraging this. This take is hurting. Yeah, that's what they get. This it, take it, is hurting. It, it was clickbait, right? It was a tweet. So of course it was it was clickbait. Total, total nubbins. Total yeah, nubbins. And like like Deuce. The damn Cardinals don't even have a head coach. Their former head coach is in the Philippines or Thailand. Whatever. Squeezing up on some mamas, and that's okay. Cardinals have no one. Who's who's representing the Cardinals at these events? Probably who? The scouts who may or may not have a job when the new coach comes in. <laughs> so Just, hey, this, this no, take no is tripping. silly. No tripping. Get, get no stuff. I used to love watching. I used to be a big fan of the junks back in the day, back before they, they became middle-aged golfers. Yeah. yeah. I still love I mean, cakes. Still love cakes. To them. It, it, that one was just a bad take. It, no, no, no. To... They're 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 on a roll for, for for just being awful lately. And I get it. 
mean, what else are you going to listen to? Morning Drive in, in D.C. Because um, you, you're listening to PGC. Well, you're going to be listening to the same six songs over and over again. Um, you want to listen to WTOP? We all know traffic sucks. We all have ways. Um, so you got the junks or you got Kevin Sheehan. Yeah. Chris McDaniel, if you're still on. And Kevin Sheehan would be, hey, Kevin Sheehan. I like Kevin Sheehan, except for the fact that I got to listen to him talk to Jay Gruden in the morning. Hard pass. That's great. I love that. Hard pass. I love Jay Gruden on the radio. Drunken fool on my radio. So Chris, Chris, Chris McDaniel, how far is Pebble Beach from the San, the Bay the Bay area? Because apparently, Ron drove from Pebble Beach where he was playing golf to the Bay Area, according to this tweet. So it, I, I think it's I don't know two three hours three hours I, I don't what know was, what's that what's that comment there, uh, Christopher McDaniel? Dev said I just want to upgrade and go all out this season. Ron's. Last, unless he gets a win in the playoffs, eight and nine wins, eight to nine wins and no playoffs or in round one, ain't working. Ron's on the clock. Chris says, Chris Russell does a locked on podcast and he said it wasn't meant to be taken so personally, but it's a valid question. It, it is a valid question, but it's no, it's not. It, had they known that all of those scouts were there and the G well, one of the, the co-GMs no, the was report there. about the scouts was out before they caught Ron playing golf. Yeah, well, there you go then. Chris Russell is an idiot. There you go. There you go. Give me my 30 seconds. Chris Russell's an idiot. He still owes me an apology, all right? You want to talk about the junks, and you want to talk about Chris Russell, all right? Chris Russell told me directly that the junks, meaning John Paul Flame, Jason Bishop, Eric Pickle. I kind of like EB from time to time. He's a bit Rick. But anyway... That these are legitimate sports journalists, just like him, because they're on a legacy radio station. Well, you know what? Wayne Newton's a legacy act. And he ain't done nothing new in 40 years. You've done nothing except milk this fan base's anger for ratings, Chris. And then you backtrack. Every time you get busted, you backtrack. Whoa, it's valid. I didn't know. Don't tell me you're a legitimate journalist. If you're a legitimate journalist, it's your job to know before you speak. Yeah. Marcus said, when I'm working on paperwork, I listen to B. Mitch and Philly until 12, then listen to the Burgundy and Gold podcast. I think that's, is that Logan Paulson? The Burgundy and Gold podcast? I think think it is. Logan Paulson. Chris McDaniel says, uh, Couple hours maybe from Pebble to San Francisco. Okay, that's fair. That's and not fair. only that, but Ron's a California guy. Yeah, he's I mean, from California, and he he has roots in in San Diego too. Don't forget, he he coached in San Diego as well. So him and Anthony Lynn have that lineage as a Charger coach. And Ron played a cow. His mother lives out there. Let the man visit his mother and play around a golf. Yeah. Terrence says, Phil's on a roll, get him. Chris said, Chris is the one who posed the question. I guess maybe then the junks responded. Who knows? They, they kind well, of Chris, that makes Chris twice as much of an idiot and just further <laughs> proof of what he does. The same guy who says, Oh, looks like Scott Turner's going to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah. Deuce says, You need the solo screen for his 30 rant. I love it. 
<laughs> Give me my 30 seconds. Marty says, the Martys were scouting the O-lines at the Senior Bowl practice, and they had scouts at the East and West Shrine practice. See, exactly. The scouts were out. It, 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 it ain't a big deal. Ain't no thing. Known. We ain't saw pictures. No thing. Ryan Elias from YouTube. The Junks is bad radio now. Lurch and EB hate for each other. Makes the show dead and awkward. JP is always on his high horse. Do you notice nothing about cakes? We all like Johnny Cakes. Yeah. Johnny Cakes Mr. is a Allville. nice guy. Mr. Well, let's talk about the recap here from, happen- from the games that happened this past weekend. So real quick, we had the Niners and the Eagles. Kind of a shit show. Brock Purdy went down. Then we saw former... Was he a Redskin at the time? Redskin quarterback Josh Johnson came in. Also got hurt. And Brock Purdy's arm is now just a limp noodle. He has to have Tommy John surgery. And he's going to miss a whole year. And the Eagles walked away handily with that victory, 31-7. to the, You know, the Eagles didn't have to do much. They were, There was no requirement for them to keep passing, so they just kind of ran, 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 and just kind of milked the clock and got out of there. Brock Purdy couldn't throw the ball. He was in a lot of pain, and the Yo, Eagles now, didn't, you know, they just walked away with, with this victory handedly and healthy, let's, too. Let's say this for Brock Purdy. Uh, used to be Tommy John, you're never going to get your arm back. That surgery has been advanced so far that pitchers in baseball, when I saw UCL, I immediately went, oh, Tommy John. Yep. Pitchers in baseball now come back because of the way they rehab arms after Tommy John, throwing the ball harder with the same accuracy than they did before. Now, I'm not saying that this is, I mean, you know, you're talking about going from like a 98 to a 102 mile an hour fastball. Which there is some difference there, and I, I know. So you know, hopefully, if they can do the same thing for him, it might mean an extension of his NFL career. Brock Purdy never had the greatest arm, but you know, if you could yeah. add a couple miles per hour to that throw, a little more distance, should be good for him. I, you know, he'll be out a year, and he'll be back. And I, I, you know, the kid obviously has something about him uh, that he can win games, and in at least in the right offense. And you know, hopefully, Shanahan keeps him around. Dev said, "Game over." Mission failed. We'll get him next time. We'll get it. We'll get him next time. Yeah, of course. Terrence with his with his Eagles logo. That's cool. We'll, we'll let you flounder here for a second. Yes, 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 yes. So that was the Eagles game, and then on the other half uh, of the AFC, Bengals and Chiefs. I this was a very close game. I I still picked the Bengals to win. Of course, it didn't happen. They hit forty three points. So it was definitely the under. 23 to 20. Yeah, the, the Chiefs came out over the Bengals, and this game could have easily went into overtime. If you were watching, it came down to the very last second to last play of the game where the linebacker, uh, Joseph Osai, pushes Patrick Mahomes out of bounds after he's already out of bounds in what would have been a 50, was it 56, 57, there 55 yarder, becomes a 35 yarder. You're or, or much, you know, boss. It was ball, much closer. Much closer, and they kick the ball and win with no time left. So, it, you know, the the the, the reporters were dogging the kid. The teammates were trying to defend him at the same time. They're like, "All right, stop." Ask these questions. The dude was crying on the sideline. It, it, he was holding his knee too. So at first, I thought, "Oh damn!" Tore his ACL, got a personal foul, and then he gives up the game-winning field goal, so his team doesn't go to playoffs. Now, that could have been. 
terrible. I think his knee's fine, but it was a great game. That was a greatly matched game, but it was one thing was clear is that the Bengals offensive line is hot garbage. Hot That's garbage. been known. You you just needed to be able to take advantage of it. They were very good at masking that deficiency. Terrible. They've been very good at that. Terrible. Marcus says, I'm curious to see how the Niners are going to handle their quarterback situation. And the Eagles and their roster, since they're over the cap with some nice draft picks. Yeah, and, and Trey Lance is is might be ready for next season too. And Jimmy G's not going to stick around probably. So what what is Kyle Shanahan going to do? That team's still built and ready to go. Do you go out and try to find a Derek Carr or like, hell, a Carson Wentz? You can have him. Like, who knows? They got to f- find someone ready. I mean, Brock Purdy's going to miss a whole season, so. Don't know what they're going to do for real. I, I would go if you really truly believe in Trey Lance, which I don't know if you can at this point, but if you do, you go Trey Lance, Josh Johnson next year. Because Josh Johnson, after seeing what he did when he came in and just try, he tried so hard to keep this franchise together for a possible playoff run a couple of years ago um, after uh, Alex got hurt and then. Colt McCoy got hurt. Mark Sanchez sucked because he's Mark Sanchez. Um, I would see Josh Johnson being a viable backup, at least till Brock Purdy's back. Now, Brock Purdy may be back towards the end of the season next year. Yep. Tommy John for pitchers is probably a little different than it is for quarterbacks, I think. He, I don't, Yeah, I saw this too, uh, uh, our boy Green said that uh, in the NFL news, he said he'll be back by training camp. He'll be back to, like, doing rehab, rehab drills. But he's not going to be playing. Tommy John, he, he could be back in 10 months. Trust us. We, your, as Washington National fans, know all about the Tommy John here. In a couple of times. Multiple <laughs> players with the Tommy John. But, but he'll be back. he'll be back around Thanksgiving. And if you want to run with you know that and then bring him back Thanksgiving as as the backup and the minute you know you can go with that. Or if things are just falling apart by Thanksgiving, then you put Brock Birdie back in. Why not? Right. Dev said, please no car. My money's on Taylor to Tampa. Taylor to Tampa. That's that's interesting. Uh, Marcus said Ben Roethlisberger had Tommy John. That was a long time ago, though, wasn't it? Long time. It was a while ago. Yeah. We got the Super Bowl coming up here in week and a half. Week and a half. Your yep. chance to win some money. Check it out. What's up, Command This Fam? The stage is set and we're counting down the Battle of Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action with none other than the DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. You know me personally, I like the Eagles to cover, minus 1.5, might buy a point down, and I like the under at 50.5. Either way, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. That's Tango Papa Papa November. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And we're back. Hey, next thing we want to talk about is, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Arian Foster came out on the 
the Barstool Sports Podcast, I think it was part of my take with PFP, PFT commentary, a huge Washington fan, and said the NFL is scripted. The NFL is scripted. Can y'all believe that? First off, do you believe that? And second, is it possible? Because he came out and said, we basically, he treated it like the WWE. He said, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. It's like the WWF. We know what's going to happen, but you still got to put on a show, Foster said. He said, it's fully scripted. And then what came afterwards was some, some the professional NFL players that came, came by afterwards and immediately kind of validated and made fun of what he said the fact that dude are you for real do you really think this is is scripted and so i just want to share some of these tweets because it's actually really funny like rg3 reading the script for what's happening in 2012 boom he got it ACL broken. Michael Parsons, I might show the script from the playoffs where they where the Cowboys lost. And let me keep throwing rolling through these. Alvin Kamara, when they handed me the script for our season during camp, I almost walked out of the facility, bro. <laughs> Marlon Humphrey, me giving up 200 yards to Chase was just me following the script. Rodney McLeod, tell him to pay up, pay me next year because I executed the script perfectly. I'm guessing he had a super long, long play there. I mean, I don't think the NFL's Here's the one about Alex Smith. There's an I don't know if the Alex Smith one is in this, but there's another one that shows Alex Smith saying Alex Smith reading the script for 2018. It, it's bad. It's bad. Very, very bad. Uh, some of these are really funny. You just got to go look at yourself. But anyways, I just thought it was cool to bring that up because it was funny. It was like really, really, really funny. So I don't know. Do you guys think the the NFL is scripted? And first and foremost, let's say thank you to Def for our very, very, very first super chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dev. We appreciate that. In-house love. In-house love. Um, Yeah. Do y'all think the NFL is scripted? Some people say it is. A lot of people contribute it to the refs. There's a fake tweet going along. One of the referees who was the uh, in the AFC championship, if you guys seen him, he's refed a couple of our games. There's a fake tweet going around saying that he – his son, uh, he didn't know his son had a large wager on the Chiefs till after the game. That's completely fake, by the way, but super funny. Super, super, super funny. Dev said, make it rain on you. <laughs> make it rain on you. <laughs> yes, you certainly did make it rain on us, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Marcus says, no, the NFL is not like the WWE. Okay, we got one. Chris McDaniel says, all the players of the Pro are making fun of that, too. That's good. Maybe maybe Arian's suffering from, from some CTE. Dev said Cowboys are the most famous NFL team in the NFL. If they're on TV the most and had three playoff wins in 25 years, if the league was scripted, that wouldn't happen. They're also a hated team. Uh, so there is that. But didn't, didn't Arian Foster claim that the moon landing never happened? He could have. I think Kyrie Irving is a flat earther. I've heard Arian Foster connected to conspiracy theories. All the fun ones, too. The yeah. moon landing never happened. Um, the the Is he with B.O.B.? Does he believe the, the, the earth is flat? I know Kyrie does, too. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's one of those guys. Yeah, but I, It makes for a good conversation, I guess. Kyrie, Kyrie, you don't don't ever want to put yourself in the same boat as Kyrie. No, um, no. that 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 man is something. But um, 
nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is it's just funny because I when I saw it was Arian Foster that said that I was like, this is not surprising. He loves conspiracy theories and he will say things like that. And of course, some people give it credence because they're like, well, he plays. He should know. Maybe he's got a book coming out. Maybe you say these things for like, oh, yeah, remember Aaron Farson? Oh, wait, he's got a book coming out. Let's maybe check that out. I don't know. Maybe sometimes people say these things for attention and I don't know. Let's move on to the goat. The goat is retiring. Finally. Mm-hmm. So last year he had a huge. I don't know, ceremony. He had a huge big deal. And so thought we'd share this again real quick if you'd like to see it. Because he is retiring again. But he's like, you know, we only get one one chance to do this. So let's just real quick. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured – I just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. And, and that's it. That's it. Short, sweet, to the point. The goat's retiring. Do you guys think he's actually retiring? Ricky Phil. Gervais would be proud. Um, if you know what I mean by that, you'll know. Get up there. Say your little, say your, thank your little people. Thank your little God. And get the fuck off the stage. I like that. If when you're okay, it's taken me a long time to accept Tom Brady as being, you know, one of the all time NFL greats, but I've accepted that. Um, still think Joe Montana is greater, but anyway, at that same time, he took a much better approach, a much more likable approach this year. And he just said, you know what? I'm out. Thank you to the people who need to be thanked. You know, this is, I lived my dream. And he left. Exit stage right. I like that. Yeah. This, I hate retirement tours. I hate all that kind of stuff. No, no. I mean, I don't like this idea of we do this grand tour and everywhere you go, every city you go to in your last season, we we have a ceremony for you. Like, you know, they tell they did that for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the 80s. I, I just, I, I, don't, I have no time for that. Yeah. When you retire, you retire. You're done. Yeah, I saw those Giselle comments to him. I'd have left that beyond read. <laughs> Wasn't he, he with uh, I... Spiranak now? He said he retired for more money and paid Sparadak white privilege. <laughs> JK. I get I guess he is. Dude, I mean, he dude. has a he has a child with Bridget Moynihan and then two with Giselle. So it's and, time. And he's then, what 45? And, and now he's traded for Paige Spearnack. Now my boy John, who you got to meet him the other night. Um Paige Spearnack is his dream woman. 
Absolute. That is absolute dream woman. Man, and being no a Giants fan, it's going to eat him up to see Tom Brady with her. <laughs> I have no idea who she is, and I'm probably embarrassed for that. But go I'll look at go look it up and put up a good picture of of her up here. She is a golfer. Oh, but she is also a model. Model golfer. Model yeah. and golf. Here and there. Show, let's let's show the let let's show the people. Yo, Paige Spiernik. Okay, let's look at Dev says uh, down here. She is every straight man in America's dream woman. Yeah. <laughs> you All just right, Tom. Waving on his left Tom, and right pictures. Tom doing well for himself. Yes, I can see that. <laughs> All right, Tom. Like, I'll give you the TV twelve. Marcus said seven rings, boatload of money, and now about to date any woman he wants. He's having the rest, best life. I wonder where he's going to retire to. And people were thinking, because, you know, he originally had a deal with, I want to say he had a deal penciled in with Fox before he came back to football. And then they signed Greg Olson because they had to fill it with someone. So now at Fox Sports, people are wondering, does that affect Greg Olson? Does that affect someone else? Would they offer Tom a contract? He's not going back this season. For commentating, yeah, it's gonna be 2024. Yeah, I think that's so they can kind of figure out the what they're gonna do with Greg. Oh, he's good. I don't mind him as a as an analyst on TV. He's not bad at all. Yeah, he's not all. bad. I mean, uh, look, Tom's gonna to be Tom. Took, it took Tom a long time to figure out how to really throw some personality out there and not just be you know. Uh, looking like a, a wooden Ken doll. Right. But, Still looks like he's 20, 23 years old. That you know, facelifts and. He, he used to be Mr. Oh, I smiled. I was just so happy to be here and look at my butt chin. But um, now, I mean, he's he's got more personality in his later years. You know, you'd see him get fired up on the field. Um, and when, when it, wherever he goes, where whenever he goes into the booth, he will do fine. I think he is verbose, but he and he'll he'll be you know a lot of people like Tony Romo. I think he'll be actually more tolerable than Tony Romo. Tony Romo rides his own jock a few times. Certainly does. So I think he'll be uh, it'll, it'll be fine. But it won't be this this season though, and that's cool. Take take a year off from doing anything. You know, go go to Thailand. Yeah, seems to be the thing. Marcus said they made made Tom Brady and Sean Payton place in the studio. Well, you know, Tom Brady and Sean Payton were linked in that Dolphin scandal, which got swept under the rug real quick, where they were going to make bring Sean Payton into coach. They were going to buy his rights from the Buccaneers, bring Tom Brady to Miami, make him part ownership. Have him play one year, then retire and become an owner in the Dolphins. Unheard of. And I, I got to go back, but they got fine draft picks for that. I'm surprised it didn't get more burn. I think the NFL buried it. If you want to be a conspiracy theorist, well, because a lot of that was talk. Yeah. More than anything else, it was t- yeah. It, well, it was illegal tampering, I guess. Whatever you want to call term. it. But the Broncos made a trade for Sean Payton this offseason, this week. Believe it or not, the Broncos. Agreed in principle to trade to the Saints for his the coaching rights of Sean Payton. This year's first round pick, which is number 29 overall, and next year's second round pick, 
in exchange for the Saints' third-round selection. And they got Sean Payton. To me, that's not a bad deal. So you gave up this year's first, next year's second, and you get the Saints' third next year as well. So two picks, it's not bad. Now, when you calculate everything they gave up recently when they gave for um, Russell Wilson, they traded their first-round pick to uh, Seahawks last year. Um, but then acquired a first round pick from the Dolphins that sent Bradley Chubb to Miami. So there, there's a lot of shuffling around. But at the end of the day, the Broncos have given up a lot of draft capital between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. But now they have a quarterback friendly coach and a quarterback. I don't know. We Broncos know. said them picks. They did. They said they, they are <laughs> taking the Los Angeles Rams approach to this. They did. We'll see if it works out for them. Kill picks. Old strategy, Cotton. Let's see how and I know Dev's not here, but Dev is a huge Russell Wilson fan. So I know Dev is excited to see Sean Payton and Russell Wilson teamed up. I, I think he, Dev went and got himself an orange uh, Russell Wilson three jersey. Oh yeah, Dev is a huge Russell Wilson fan. For those that are watching, oh, he, said, he said he said Russell. He said what he said. Kirk Cousins couldn't lick the mud off of one of uh, Russell Wilson's cleats. <laughs> Yeah, Dev is a huge Russell Wilson fan. Um, all of the success, the Legion of Boom is only successful because of Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch. Marshawn Lynch would have been a uh, running for 300 yards a year if it weren't for Russell Wilson. Yeah, so that's an inside joke. Dev DK hates Metcalf, DK Metcalf would have 45% body fat if it weren't for Russell Wilson. Dev says Russell Wilson is very mediocre he's 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 not he's not that dude i think he calls him this he's the same quarterback as kirk cousins and i guess after this year maybe he's on to something but before last year we would argue to the till the sun came up about why oh i I don't know he was starting to win me over on that one he was starting to win me over on that argument you said i believe olsen will be dropped and that's what they're saying olsen might get the boot if if brady comes back i don't know i don't mind olsen he'll get picked up somewhere else but or do some pregame, postgame. Eventually, there's just not enough slots to, to to these players get out, retire, and want to be endless. But there's only so many games, so many networks, so many channels to be on. I I, I don't know. It, Marcus said the Broncos gave a lot of players and picks for Peyton and Wilson is going to be uphill battle to contend in the AFC West. I would argue that's the hardest division in football. People say the NFC East. No. We are not the best division in football. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't think the Broncos – I mean, the Broncos are still, what, the third best team in the NFC – or in the AFC West? Yeah. Eh, fourth. I think the Chargers are better than them. Well, no, you think the Raiders are better than them? Oh, yeah. No. So it goes Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Yeah, you're right. Even after all this, wh- where are you? The same position you were before. Does Sean Payton make him what? Maybe two, three wins better? Maybe if he can get the most out of Russell Wilson. If if Russell Wilson performed like he did the Russell Wilson we know, the 2012 through 2017, Russell Wilson 2018, the consistent, the 4,200 yard, 28 touchdown, Russell Wilson. We'll we'll see. Deuce said they may go to three like NBA. They could. Three, Three guys in the booth. I mean, don't they do two? No, we do. We the do. Th- only two time the I've ever liked a three-man booth was on TV. 
was Monday Night Football in the late 80s, up up through when they got rid of Dan Deardorff and uh, Frank Gifford. Before that, you know, the three man, that three man booth was great. The one before it was great with, uh, you know, um, you know, when you had uh, Don Meredith and, and Howard Cosell. The Redskins three-man booth was great when you had – well, actually, I'll tell you what. Sunny our Sam three-man booths have been pretty good. Sonny, Sam, and Frank. And then you had, you know, uh, Sonny, Sam, and Larry, which was pretty good. But then, you know, Sam and Sonny got old. But then you replaced them with Doc and Cooley and, and Larry, and that was, that was pretty a good. good. That was a good combo. All things aside with Larry Michael, from a football voice perspective, he that was, was a, a good he was combo. A prof- he was a professional announcer. Yeah, he did a lot of basketball before he came to this thing. In fact, y'all want to see something funny? For those who used to watch the Howard Stern show and listen to the Howard Stern show, Artie Lang had a one-on-one basketball game against this chick who was a starter for Penn State. I think she was like a sixth man on WNBA team. And oh no no no, I'm sorry, she wasn't even sixth man. She was a bench player for a WNBA team. Larry Michael called the play-by-play of it. Oh, nice! It's hilarious. Nice. It was before it was before Larry Michael came to call games for Washington. He was an, he was an NCAA announcer, and it's funny because he's he's in on the ribs, like he knows all the jokes. Um, and by the way, Artie Lang almost beat her. Oh, he could play some ball. He, he he's if you watch the game, you're like Jesus. This guy's got an outside jumper like nobody's business, and he's literally like raining threes on this chick. And he, he just wore out; he was out of shape. And yeah. at one point in the game, he literally grabbed a, a whiskey and drank some. Probably went to the bathroom <laughs> and took a snot rocket there. Dev no said shards of glass in it. <laughs> man, RJ Barrett just euro dropped Jimmy Butler. Nobody cares about RJ Barrett and the Knicks. Man, let's talk about Danny Av- Avdia. Dropping twenty five the other day. Let's talk well, about RJ that. Barrett's gonna, you know, according to Dev, he wants uh, us to trade Beal for RJ Barrett. Oh man, I don't know, man. We've come to the conclusion of this. Talk about a lot of things. News is deadly flowing. Maybe by next week we'll have some offensive coordinator news. Who knows? But the Super Bowl is upon us next week. You got to join us on Thursday. We are going to do in a special edition awards show, what we're going to call the Moxies. So we're going to come up with a bunch of different categories and we're going to give away the Moxie. We have a bunch of different categories. They're going to be funny. It's off the wall. It's a little unorthodox. It's not your standard award. So tune in next week. I think it's going to be a shit show. And it's going to be funny. So we're giving away the Moxies next week, our version of our own special award show. So stay tuned. Phil, you got any shout outs? Shout out. Oh, actually, rest in peace to the man, the myth, the legend, Larry, Lanny Poffo. Some of you know him as Leaping Lanny Poffo. Leaping Lanny, yeah. Some of you know him as the genius. Those of you who really know, know he's the brother of the Macho Man, Randy Savage. He died today, age 68. Rest in peace. Uh, So rest in peace, Lady Poffo. Um, Literally, if you ever remember, he used to do poems before his matches and stuff. He wrote all of them. Yeah. 
and like you, you know, he, he's very. If you ever listen to him interview, he does like the way he spoke with that. He's a really dignified, deep, and you know, just loquacious voice where he talked like this all the time. That's how he spoke, people. And his brother was, oh yeah, dig it, oh yeah. So, and their father was a wrestler and a wrestling promoter. Their father actually used to hold the world, Guinness Book of World Records for most consecutive sit-ups. Too. Oh. So they're talking about family of athletes and scholars and everything else. Um, but yeah, Lanny Papo, Lanny Papo died at sixty-eight. Um, shout out to everybody who showed up in the chat today. Shout out to Dev. Dealing with the pain, having some pain cut out. Dealing with the pain of being a Knicks fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Dev. Shout out to Dev. Deuce says, "Ayo, perfect ending beat." Deuce, that's Dev's beats. Dev makes all the beats, all the music for the show. We are blessed to have him on our side. Chris says, it's "Crazy weird without Dev interrupting Steve when he's trying to read the comments." <laughs> that. That's what makes us click, man. I, I try to get it in when I can, but you know, hey, when you got like the Wu Tang as your as your as your your cast, it's hard to, you know. I think we do a pretty good job of timing things, but it, it's hard sometimes. <laughs> it's hard. Oh, Dev said, uh, Do said you do you do his now too. So there you go. Marcus said, me and my friends met Lanny Poffo at a wrestling event. He was the nicest guy in the world rest in peace well shout out to everyone who did join the chat today deuce dev hope you hope you heal up soon chris mcdaniel terrence mean green we'll talk about your eagles next yeah, Thursday yeah. a little bit man yam couldn't make it but he did check in marcus edlin thank you so much greg delaney chopped in on facebook um appreciate you guys man it's a good show um like i said tune in next thursday for the award boxes. Ryan Elias popped in on 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 the, uh, the the YouTube, but yeah, we appreciate you guys. Um, look forward to doing this award show next week. I'm really looking forward to it. We haven't finalized all the categories yet, but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. So, you got that being said, stay tuned. As always, peace and hail. We out, ya. Yeah.